And now, your host of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, Donald and Christopher Brother Ray Patton. Yay, thanks. Think you are the best. Um, you know, guys, thank you for listening to another wonderful episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, where we break down all the news of wrestling within the last week. We do this every Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. EST. So if you're new, we appreciate you joining us. And for all of our listeners that, you know, constantly listen to us, thank you so much. Spread the word. Let's get some stuff out there. We're thinking about doing T-shirts soon. So we want to collect the community. And remember, you can find all of our stuff at gbnation.com. That's all news uh, for, for stuff related to, you know, say wrestling, sports, video games, uh, obviously movies, comic book movies. So if you guys want to check that out, that's GV Nation, as in geekvibesnation.com. You'll see all the news there. You'll see a bunch of articles, and you'll see a bunch of links. Our links to our Instagram, our links to our Twitter, our links to our Facebook. Let us know what you think of the shows. We have a bunch of them on this wonderful platform and we love giving you guys this stuff. You can find us on Stitcher, on iTunes, and, of course, Blog Talk Radio. Like I said, every Wednesday. So we got a great show for you guys. I want to introduce my wonderful co-host. Chris, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing good, man. Apologize in advance for if I sound a little nasally. I got some sinus shit going on, but I'll tell that I'm doing good. But, hey, on these shirts, they're not going to have, like, our faces on them or anything, right? Because we, we actually want people to fucking buy the shirts, right? I was thinking about the picture of me on the toilet um, as the front of it, and then you on the toilet <laughs> on the back of it. Sounds good, man. We should fucking roll it. We should roll it up. I think that Harley Race would appreciate it for some reason. I don't know why. I have nothing to back that up. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we got some we got some news about AEW. We got some news about New Japan. We got some news about WWE. But first, I'm going to try to do this once in a while, if I remember to do it, where I go over my top five matches of this last week, especially if you didn't get a chance to watch any of them. It kind of highlights, and, you know, you can go back and check them out. So wanted to really quickly uh, – on NXT UK, Walter had an awesome match with Mark Kofi. I just like seeing Walter just slap the shit out of people. And Mark's a pretty big dude, just like his brother Joe. So uh, it was a pretty fun match. I would say four would be uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable against Revival, in which the Revival won the championships. Uh, great tag team match. They gave it plenty of time. There was uh, Revival did a gory special face buster combo. It was pretty awesome. And uh, Roode and Gable did a blockbuster belly-to-back suplex combo. Pretty good. I'm kind of hoping those guys ride it, and maybe we get that at Mania. I don't know. They just put on a really great match. I would say the next one would probably be uh, Tanahashi versus Jay White, New Japan, in which Jay White won the championship. Once again, we'll get to that. Then the gauntlet match on SmackDown, uh, where Kofi Kingston was an all-star. And my number one match from last week was Matt Riddle versus Drew Gulak on NXT. Um if you saw these matches, Chris, I'm going to try to start doing this once in a while to kind of like highlight some awesome matches from the week before. Uh, any of these stand out to you? I mean, I, I thought Kofi looked really good in the gauntlet match on SmackDown, which like we'll probably end up going into more detail. Uh, the Matt Riddle match was was great. Even the build up to it, I think, where you had a uh, the the Boogenhagen, uh, Boogenhagen, or Boogenheimen. Uh, 
<laughs> I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty fun, and then the match itself was was really good. And then the Tanahashi J White match was probably my favorite match of the past. Well, I guess it was. I guess it would be the past week if we're rounding in. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing to look forward to since technically you get Adam Cole and Ricochet tonight. I'm going to go ahead and throw that probably into my top five, even though I haven't watched it yet. Um, just have a feeling that's going to be really good. So everybody watch the next two tonight. Um, oh, but yeah, man, I mean, there, there were some fucking great matches you, you listed off there. Uh, like I said, if I had to pick one, probably the Tanahashi J white match, I thought it told a pretty good story and you kind of get to see uh, Jay white take throne for a little bit till I guess he meets Okada and his ultimate demise. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's what it definitely seems like the direction they could be going for sure. All right. Let's start off with uh, going over the AEW rally. That was uh, last Thursday, the day after me and you and Jeffrey, you know, talked about everything that was going on with AEW. Um, you know, most of the stuff that me and you thought was going to happen, uh, I, I would say happened. Uh, some of the things that we were hoping for, we didn't get the, that information, you know, maybe involving uh, involving a, a TV deal or, or at least displaying maybe one of the championships. Uh, we did get added roster members, but I think the first thing that we should talk about is the confirmation that Kenny Omega has joined AEW, as many of us thought, and that not only did he join AEW, but officially uh, he was always apparently going to do this. Now, I don't know if that changes out, uh, from a, maybe another decimal, you know, with, uh, with, with WWE, but he makes it sound like they were all four in on this from the beginning. They've been all talking to Tony Khan, but everything had to be hush-hush with him. I'm not saying that he's a liar or anything like that. I'm, I'm sure that that's the case. I don't know how that's going to work with Tony being the overseer and them four being in charge. I forgot the joke that they were doing on, I think it was being the elite saying like, oh, I thought you were the executive president. No, I'm the executive president. Oh, I guess you're the, you know, they were just doing that whole entire uh, thing. Um, but Kenny's a part of this. He's also a part of the leadership of the company, it seems, which is awesome to hear. Um, and uh, his first, you know, uh, thing back, instead of putting him in the title scene so we can kind of develop that, he's going against Chris Jericho again. We're going to get Alpha versus Omega 2, which has kind of been highlighted this last year a little bit at the um, uh, their, their first event um, in which he attacked him after he fought Pentagon. And then also on the cruise, having like the tag match and stuff. So, hey, it's kind of interesting. I'm definitely excited about Kenny Omega being a part of AEW. I mean, he's the biggest free agent in professional wrestling. If you search Kenny on Google, this is how really – when you get this C-E-N-N, Kenny Omega comes up automatically. Like, there's definitely buzz about him. Chris, how do you feel about the confirmation finally that Kenny is joining AEW, that he's going to be one of the leadership and has always been one of the leadership, along with the Bucks and Cody and Tony, and that he will be going against Chris Jericho at Double or Nothing in Las Vegas? Do you think that was the right choice, or they should have done something else for the match? I think that was a perfect setup for the match to put your two biggest stars, arguably, anyways, at least main event stars in the main event. You get a build off of their first match. Um, I think I think that was the right move for the very first pay per view, just because they don't know where all the pieces are going to fall roster wise yet. So at least you have that at the top of your card, which I think you know all of the fans who enjoyed that first match and turned out for that first match on the New Japan pay per view are, are also going to want to see it here. So I, I think that was the right move, unless they could have gotten 
a really big name talent, someone like a you know a Batista or a Goldberg, which I guess we'll get into that a little later as far as who they're talking to. But um, I think this makes sense. Top of the card match, probably. I my guess would be like. And the thing that this this didn't answer for me is what the title picture is and and what the title looks like and uh, some some of that stuff. So I mean, is this going to be a title match? Like, how the hell are they determining that? Um, that's interesting. But yeah, for for the first big show, this makes a lot of sense. Um, excuse me. Uh, going forward, like I I was more skeptical of the Omega thing than a lot of I guess other people, but I, I think I know in my heart of hearts that he was going to end up at AEW, especially knowing that he had refused that first offer. I just didn't know how good that, if there was going to be a really good counter offer come his way or, or how that would play out. Um, but, uh, you know, them running this company, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, especially with so many cooks in the kitchen, at least they're all friends. We'll see how this goes so far. I feel positive about it. Um, so I'm surprised, but not super surprised. I think I would have actually been more surprised if he just showed up on WWE. Like, that would have probably been a little more surprising to me. But uh, as far as the overall event, which I guess we will dive into a little bit more, but I, I thought this was, you know, the announcements we kind of expected. Um, I thought it was weird because I, I was pretty sure Omega had a hard date of the 8th, and this was the 7th, right? So that was the one thing that was throwing me off on whether he would be at this press conference or not. But I guess I guess they worked that out. Yeah, it seems like they definitely did. All right, well, the next question um, is based off the talent that we, we found out that officially made their way, uh, you know, with announcements. I think my favorite is Aja Kong, uh, just because, I mean, she's a legend. Uh, she's a fucking badass, and now I get to see her in the female division at AEW. That's someone that you definitely, you know, uh, I was kind of hoping for Mako Satomura because I really fell in love with her in the second um uh, uh, May Young Classic, uh, when they said it was a classic, you know, Japanese female wrestler, but this is pretty cool too. Um, just like Mako, I, I just would never expect to see them in WWE. Uh, so let me go over from the top to bottom, as I have listed. Uh, there's a partnership, partnership not just with that. Um, well, actually, let's go over. Triple A uh, has a partnership with AEW that was announced. Um, I don't know exactly which members. But you have to understand, like, um, El Hiro del Fasma and uh, Mil Martez, a.k.a. Uh, uh, El Macias, you know, Juice Macias, those guys are a part of it. We definitely saw Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. after what I saw the Friday night before that. They, it's official. They have a contract that looks like basically it works with AAA and AEW, so that's why it's not non-exclusive. And it seems like that that's going to be something that they're going to have for certain people. We heard Jericho uh, say that him and Kenny can still work with New Japan if they want to. Uh, we'll see how that really actually happens past the the, um, the guys from AAA. We had uh, the best friends, uh, Beretta and Chucky T, make their announcement they're going to be a part of this. Um it was weird to see PWG's Excalibur there doing a lot of stuff. I wonder – I don't know if we should look that into it. It was good seeing Conrad Thompson involved again and Alex uh, Marvez. I feel like Conrad could be someone that, since he's so known in the wrestling world, he's physically imposing and he's got a great voice, uh, maybe a potential person for interviewing. I don't know about announcing. I don't know how you would do with that, but 
Scalabra, uh, he's PWG's guy, so uh, interesting. Uh, we have uh, Sony Kiss, who is Exolicious in um, Lucha Underground, big fan of, of his. Um, they kind of made it look like he, that uh, Sony could be going in both the, the women's and men's division, which uh, if you watch Lucha Underground, that kind of happens. Um, I'm trying to find the SEMA. I want to know what the hell the name of the Chinese league is that they're 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 going with. Um, is it? Uh, is it yeah. Was this the OWE? Was this OE, uh, OWE and C the Dragon Fu? Is this from the, the Dragon Fu segment? Yeah, it's it's Ultimo Dragon's um, uh, protege, not Okada, but uh, SEMA. I believe, and it's the one that uh, Christopher Daniels said, get two of your best guys and go against us and be one of the matches. So that's the other uh, partnership. It's with that Chinese wrestling organization that SEMA kind of founded and mixed their, you know, they're saying it's like Cirque du Soleil uh, style. But, um, you know, some big names. I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some people. I don't know where. Oh yeah, OWE. I apologize. Yeah, SEMA is the uh, the leader of it, um, and that was pretty. You know, that was that was it as far as the uh, the wrestlers. Uh, we also had Jimmy Havoc obviously join, and uh, Kenny, and Kenny ended up having Chris Jericho's hat at the end of it. That was pretty neat. Uh, not a lot of information, like we said, involving what the titles could look like, TV deals. Uh, no one really that crazy, I would say, besides a confirmation from Kenny that a lot of us are expecting. And, I mean, it would have been Omega, it definitely would have been uh, Phoenix and um, Pentagon, but we knew about it because of the, what happened uh, here in Atlanta. So, next question to you. Uh, how do you like the signing? No, the females are the ones that I'm screwing up on. That's the ones that I'm, that I'm messing up on. And that is... Nia Rose and Kylie Ray. Um, Nyla Rose is uh, transgender, so that's a huge step in a good direction of um, diversity as far as them. Same thing can go with Exolicious uh, in, in, that, in that style, too. And, uh, yeah, it'll be Britt Baker, her, and Kylie Ray. But we'll go over some of the matches for Double But Nothing that were, you know, announced. How do you feel about the roster, Chris? Uh, were you pleased, and do you think that maybe the rally itself might have been a little bit lackluster, or might that just be me? I thought the rally itself could have been – I mean, it's a little lackluster, but it is the huge announcement of Kenny Omega. So I don't know if, they want, if they're going to continue to do this week to week to help build that pay-per-view. Maybe it's good not to give us everything right up front. Um, I mean, the roster's starting to fl- flush out. We have, what, 27 active roster members now? I'm trying to see if I can find a full – roster, but I mean, there's a lot of good signing. I like the Beretta signing. I like um, obviously Phoenix and Pentagon signing is a big deal. Kenny Omega, I think, was the huge get and probably the most important person to the to the company as far as your main event goes. Um, I mean, there was a lot of good signings. Some of the female wrestlers, uh, I'm not 100% sure on or the uh, who are going to be in that division. Um, just because I don't know a lot of their work. I know Asia Kong, obviously. Uh, I think that's going to be really, really cool to see what they do. I think that's a dominating presence, uh, a legend. Um, I think, what was it, Yuka Sakazaki? I know I just slaughtered that. Slaughtered it. I don't know anything about her. So I, I... <sighs> yeah. 
you definitely slaughtered it, but that's you're right about that. that I couldn't find her name. And um, Saka, yeah, so I, I know I slaughtered it. I, I know I slaughtered it. I, I just don't know anything about her, so I, I never actually seen her work. So that's ignorance on my part. But uh, Sony Rose, I think it's it's pretty cool. Get um, Nyla Rose also was right. That was an announcement this week, I believe. So that's yes. It's starting to fill out. Check T and. Trimberetta being there, I wonder if they're going to have them tag or work singles. There's, you know, there's there's a lot of questions up in the air about the roster, but it is good um, to see where this thing is going. And, and some of those matches are kind of setting themselves up in a way. I mean, with uh, for instance, like Pac and Hangman Page, I think that's going to be good for that event. And then top of your card being Jericho and Omega, there's going to be a lot of a lot of really neat things coming out of this for first pay per view. Um, I'm I'm excited for this three way match. Um, see Solcal Unlimited versus, you know, Dragon Fu and uh, and probably Sima. I want to say, but I, I kind of want to know what that tag team is going to look like because that's the one that's most up in the air. It seems like it's almost like they're doing mm-hmm. surprise partners, which is interesting. I wonder if they're going to flesh that out um, with this road to double or nothing in these uh, events that they're doing, or if they're going to wait and let it be a surprise. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff that came out of this, but nothing that was, that really blew my hair back. Like I really wanted to see what the titles look like and how they're going to crown their first champions. Um, and if they were going to go the route of let's crown champions at the very first event TV deal and, and do a tournament or something to crown those champions. I think either way works, but I guess one of those things that's been up in the air for me the most. Yeah, and if you guys want to listen to a really great follow-up interview from this, Chris Jericho just released one that he had with Tony Khan following this rally last week. And uh, Tony kind of got into a lot more details about stuff. Uh, We found out a lot about his past when it comes to liking wrestling and uh, just being a huge fan himself and wanting to do this for a long time. And just his background with being, you know, so involved with analytics in the MLB and the NFL. Obviously, his dad owns the Jaguars. He's partly manages them. He, he, he's a big sports guy. He has a very smart mind. Apparently he does have TV deals in mind. Nothing's finalized or concrete, but he's, he's been talking to, to uh, quite some people. He also made it clear. He's not trying to compete with, with Vince in WWE. He wants to make a different product on a different day for wrestling fans and just do it his style and that he has a lot of respect for Vince. Um, it was, it's, it's a really, really cool interview. So, you know, and more details about, like, how Kenny was a part of this from the beginning. And and you find a lot of the uh, behind-the-scenes um, stuff. And honestly, him and Jericho were just talking. Uh, you know, he's not looking to pick up every ex-talent from whatever company. He wants certain young talent. And he said he was very inspired by uh, WCW of what Bischoff, Dusty, all of them did of bringing in guys from New Japan and um, in Mexico, probably AAA or maybe CMLL, I don't know. But that's why the partnership with AAA and with OVW, or whatever the other the, the Chinese organization is so important to him, is bringing new talent, new styles to this, very sports-like. That was one thing he drove home. He wants it more like New Japan, like NXT, he would use as an example, treating like a sport that's important to him. So it's, uh, it's, it's good and it's very interesting. Uh, but there are, you know, like you said, Chris, uh, quite a few cooks in the kitchen. Uh, he has the final go, though. 
he's Vince when it comes to all this. That was very much clear. Chris Jericho even made that comment. Um, and I think that Jericho is going to be a good person to have a part of, not politicking, because I don't think Jericho is that much of a stooge. You know, just uh, he's been in the industry for a long time. So it seems like he has a really good relationship with Tony. But um, before we move on to talking about the matches they have for Double or Nothing so far before we exit AEW, do you have any comments about that? I mean, obviously, there's a couple of ways this can go. It can go really, really, really well or horribly wrong a year from now when these guys start butting heads on creative ideas. Um, let's hope that their friendship is as good as it's been led to believe, and it's got them this far, you know, here. What we don't want is Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, WCW, Eric Bischoff type situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think that's the worst-case scenario, but I don't think we're going to see this here um there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen but that's not always a bad thing (laughs) i guess we'll we'll see how it turns out i'm i'm hopeful i'm going the opposite way i'm going to be optimistic um, as opposed to my normal pessimistic self when it comes to comes to things like this involving wrestling but uh let's see it's going to be interesting to see how this stuff all ties into being the elite i think that's funny they're going to get pay-per-view and then this i mean as this goes along we get out of this first pay-per-view here that they're doing, and we actually start seeing them book a weekly show, that's what's going to be intriguing. And I'm with the fact that they're, it seems like because they're partnering with AAA and doing some other partnerships, there's some conclusions that you can kind of draw about how the TV deal is going to work. And I'm, I'm thinking that it's going to be recorded. So that, that's a lot of stress off a lot of these guys, especially when you're talking about um, if you're going to have open contracts where Kenny can go back to New Japan or they can trade talent that way, um, or Chris Jericho can go do a New Japan date. That makes things a lot easier and opens up other pathways for different companies who do have a weekly show. Um, so like Triple AAA, for instance, has a recorded show. Um, even when you get into Ring of Honor, they have a pre-taped show as well. So as long as you're not taping on the same days, you can trade talent a lot easier. And that's that's one big thing I drew out of this, um, just seeing the way they're handling their partnerships thus far. Absolutely. So let's go over some of these matches. First two are not official, official, but, I mean, it's pretty much established. Uh, so we have SCU who challenge – so, Calon censored set, obviously, is Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. They challenge um, OWE CEO uh, Dragon Fu, um, his organization, for SEMA, the, uh, the coach, basically, uh, to get two of his best men and have a three-on-three tag against them. So, that's one match we have. Uh, we have tag match with the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. We don't know if there's a title on the line or anything like that. Um, or if this will be for something within the future, but obviously they're having their match. Uh, Britt Baker will be going against Nyla Rose, uh, against uh, Kylie Ray, Hangman Page, and Pac, possibly for the title, and then Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. I could see if Joey Janela is cleared by then, which I, it looks like he might be, him and, and MJF going back to their you know, roots of uh, their feud, uh, which you know, accumulated with him getting hurt on accident. So those are probably some of your matches. I'm sure others are going to be added. Hey, it doesn't fucking matter what's on this because this fucking thing sold out in four minutes when the main tickets were on sale. 
the pre-sales went like it was nothing. Hoyt was my buddy Hoyt was trying to get tickets, didn't work out for him either way. Crazy craziness. What do you think about the card itself and also the event selling out at the end grand in four minutes? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously the top of that card. I think is going to be really good with uh, Pac versus Hangman and, and Omega versus. Um, Omega versus Jericho, and a lot of the other matches are really interesting as well. I I want to see, they're kind. I mean, so I we kind of knew that you're going to get Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. So a lot of this stuff isn't surprising. I, I want to see that. S, I want to see how that SCU stuff plays out. That three way match, I think that's really interesting. And then I think the female match is going to be really fun to watch. Um, I wonder if we're going to get everyone from the 27 person roster uh, right off the bat, are we going to have some sort of battle Royal or they're going to do some kind of contendership matches or I, that's, those are the things that more stand out in my mind, but I, you know, we may not get those answers until the week before the show. So it's, it's it, for what they have right now. I'm definitely going to watch it. I think it's, it's exciting. I do want to know, like, if Jungle Boy is actually going to wrestle someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, just some of the people that are, are there. Like, I want to know if, you know, if Jimmy Havoc is going to be wrestling. Like, I, there there's some people there that, that that I want to, you know, I would love to see. Uh, Bad Boy, uh, Joey Janela, obviously, if he's ready. I think that MGF prediction is probably straight on. I wonder if they go yeah. right there or if they, or if they do, like, a four-way match or something. I feel like you have to have a battle royal or a four-way match because they have five matches, probably going to be a two-hour show. Knowing some of the matches that they have booked are probably going to go 15 to 20 minutes. I think they're going to take what they learned from All In, where they got a little scrapped on, strapped on time, and apply that to the top of that match, the top of that card, and maybe we don't see everyone this pay-per-view. Um, but we'll we'll see, right? the air but as far as like the sellout kind of expected it just because it's a brand new thing it's got it's had massive talk around it um it is it's the young bucks Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega who I think you know all together have a cult following in wrestling in a way that I, have, I haven't seen and I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this where it's almost cooler to like them than to like a company and the first time I've the only thing you can really compare it to is Scott Hall and Kevin Nash when they left and went to WCW, but they worked for WCW. So it's still not the same thing. Like this is one of the craziest things. Um, I think the wrestling since like territory days that the wrestling industry has seen. Uh, so wanting to see that, nothing selling out really quickly. Isn't, isn't, didn't seem far fetched to me. The weird thing is, is that scalpers did get in on this buy where they missed out kind of all on all in. So I'm wondering how many of those tickets show up for like 800 bucks a piece, you know, and they tried to avoid that by sending out, uh, I believe they sent out like actual digital codes to buy the tickets and limited each person to buying six tickets. And, you know, they're trying their best, but I mean, this is a problem in general, like, especially here in Atlanta. Like if you want to go see a show and, you know, half the tickets are going to be bought by scalpers. Like I went to, I wanted to go see Bone Thugs and I think I ended up having to get the tickets off. Like, uh, like StubHub or somewhere else because like half of them were, were bought before like sell even really got started. So it's just a common problem, I think, with the entertainment industry right now in general. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a, it's an unfortunate thing that happens. I also forgot uh, Sammy Guevara. I don't really know anything about him, uh, but, you know, just to give you guys a list out there of all the members of everything, the male roster is Cody, who's the executive vice president, Kenny Omega, who's the executive vice president, Matt and Nick, who are also the executive vice president, Christopher Daniels, head of talent relations, Frankie Cesarian, Scorpio Sky, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Chris Jericho, Hangman Page, Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janela, Jungle Boy, Maxwell Jacob Freeman, MJF, Pentagon, Ray Phoenix, Sammy Guevara, and Sony Kiss, and then the female, the Chief Brand Officer, Brandy Rose, Dr. Britt Baker, Kylie Ray, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, Aja Kong, and Yuka Sakazaki. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting there. And, you know, there will be quite a few. But one thing, though, Chris, uh, to kind of end this, that also was within that interview, that Tony Khan and Chris Jericho said that they're not trying to over, you know, um, put too many people within the company. They, they, want, they want to have enough for people to, you know, be able to do shit. You know, they were kind of comparing that to what happened to WCW, what's happening with WWE now, how there just seems to be too much talent. So that's one thing they're going to stay away from. Uh, but then again, big names, you know, we're hearing rumors with this Batista thing, which we'll get to when we talk more about the WWE stuff specifically, taking a picture with Chris Jericho, apparently in talks to do WrestleMania, but also might be doing this. You know, they say they, want, they don't want to go and get all the older names, but, you know, we've heard Goldberg, we've heard Batista, we've heard Randy Orton. Whether or not they'd be true or not, you know, with Randy, at least, it seems more re- realistic with uh, Batista and Goldberg. You know, do you think all that's going to end up actually happening? Or do you think they'll end up signing big names if they get a chance to, just like any company does, um, because of the notoriety? Well, I, I think with those specific big names, it won't affect their weekly product that hard. You know what I mean? They'd be there probably for a one-off pay-per-view or, or you know, tops two pay-per-views. I don't think it would be anything, you know, Batista is not going to return full-time. Like, uh, and Goldberg definitely isn't going to return full-time. So stuff like that is not that big of a deal. I think what when it becomes like a little weird is do you do you sign someone like Dean Ambrose if he's out there? Do you, do you go get, or Dolph Ziggler, or, or those guys where they're, you know, you have that name recognition. They're obviously a big deal. Do you go pick them up? Because if you're trying to build something completely different, then I agree with them a little bit on let's develop our own characters. I mean, that's the that's in a sense that's the route that Lucha Underground did, where they you know they full on changed some people's gimmicks that they brought in. Um, and 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 in all honesty, it worked in a lot of ways. I think that they had a really good cult following because of that. It's going to be you know Jericho's came out and said that they didn't have that their eyes on that many people. Um, from WWE or from these different companies. And maybe that's not, maybe that's not untrue. Uh, I agree with them. He definitely mentioned it again. And Tony and him both kind of agree with it, but he made it more sound like it wasn't as heel and douchey as, as in this post. It was just like straight up, like we we're going to have as many spots as we need. And we're not going to go and grab every fucking talent and overcrowd the place and not have anything to do for these, these workers. That sounds stupid and pointless. And just waste some money, yeah. basically. And, and let's say they have a two-hour show, right? There's 27 people on the roster already. Two hours. So yep. if you're if you're building a tag team division, 
you need to dedicate at least to me, you need to de- dedicate 20 to 30 minutes to that tag team division each week. You got to have your paper. You got to have your main event. You got to have your heavyweight title, right? So that's another 20 to 30 minutes. And then if you're really focusing in on female talent, the way you should be, that's another 20 to 30 minutes. And then if you go into any entertainment whatsoever, just promos, you know, that can easily be, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, just, just in promos alone. So if they're building it based on matches and promos, even if you dedicate only 15 minutes to promos and you give each of these different types of matches, I'm talking about 10 to 20 minutes, you have, you, there's still going to be people that within this 27 that you're not going to see on a weekly basis. I mean, it's the same problem that you have on Monday Night Raw and even SmackDown to some extent. SmackDown has a very, what I would call a pretty slim roster in comparison to Monday Night Raw, and they still have a hard time getting everyone on a two-hour show. Just because when you add in commercials, you're down to, you know, hour 30, hour 35 minutes. So it depends. It depends on how they want to book this thing, but I agree with them. I think in, in a lot of ways what happens is you get all of these awesome names and you have dick all to do with them. You see on Monday night raw right now, and they're talking about bringing up more people. And it's like, well, what the fuck are you going to do with them? Um, New Japan gets around this a lot because they have these big tournaments and they do a lot of these, you know, six versus six matches and they have these different factions. So you're seeing these factions fight each other and that's how they've had, you know, they have the roster that they have, which actually is thinner now than it's probably been in a long time. But unless you do something like that, you're never going to get all of these fucking names on TV. So I, yeah, I tend to agree with them. I think that if you have a big name like, you know, Batista or Goldberg, obvious you can bring them in for, you know, one or two off, no problem. Um, but when you start talking about the Zigglers and the Ortons and the um, Dean Ambroses and maybe even someone like John Morrison, or it, the further out you get where you're talking, or Chris Hero even if he leaves NXT, all of these names are great in theory, but when you put someone like that on the card, you're, you're sending someone else down essentially because you're, you're sacrificing what you're trying to do for a known name asset. And, you know, I think one of the worst examples you could see of this is TNA originally under Jeff Jarrett in the banner, let's say 2005, to 2008, they had some known guys, but they kind of built their company around those guys, similar to what they're doing with, you know, Rhodes, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. They have these top guys, um, and, and they were more indie top guys, except for with the exception of, like, Kenny, Kenny or Chris Jericho in this instance. But then, you know, as they brought in Eric Bischoff, you started seeing, you know, Kurt Angle. You started seeing uh, Booker T, Kevin Nash. Hulk Hogan, and they definitely don't want to go down that route where they like, we stack this card, these people have these fans, we've got to put them on our weekly TV show because we're paying them this amount of money. And then you end up missing out on someone like, uh, you know, a Jimmy Havoc or uh, even someone new like Jungle Boy that you may want to see wrestle. So it's a, I think it's a, it's a fucking, it's a slippery slope for sure. Yeah, it's just crazy. More information comes out. You know, we have there. There is a little bit more of a follow up, but it has to do with one of our New Japan topics. So let's exit AEW and talk about New Japan New Beginning. Uh, the main two things I want to talk about from this was the match with Jay White against uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, or he was the IWGP Champion um, because Jay White beat him in a pretty good match. 
I would say. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I really like Jay White, man. Um, I guess I'm going to say that. Start off, you know. Um, I really like Jay White. I think he's a good heel. I think that he gets it. I was really, I really enjoyed uh, him on Jericho. I think it was two weeks ago, just explaining everything, kind of even talking about, you know, the whole JR thing and how bad he felt, but he was obviously trying, you know, to use that to get heat and which he did. And uh, he, he has aspects. It's, it's so weird. You know, I said, I, I compared Walter to a fictional um, television character mixed with Andre the Giant. I said that he reminded me of Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin mixed with Andre. Uh, with Jay White, I will say that he reminds me of Jake the Snake Roberts mixed with Loki, uh, Tom Hiddleston's version of Loki. Uh, I love his promos. He's aggressive as hell. He's very loud. But when he's in the ring, he's very methodical, very well-paced. Uh, he does stuff where if he's like says, you know, he's doing a um, – some type of suplex or whatever. He'll have a lot of intensity, grab them, twist them perfectly, slowly come down, impact, and then kind of roll off from it. Like the way that he moves is awesome. I loved all the smiles he was, he was doing to Tanahashi when, you know, he would uh, just, he couldn't move all of a sudden. He would miss a move or he'd get out of the way and just be like smiling about it. And just, he's sinister. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a young Randy Orton, more so when he was pompous. Not so much now, but like, that same style of attitude, and I, I, I dig it. I really do. I just don't I, – I think that this was – I don't want to say it – you know, I don't want to say any wrestler doesn't deserve it or anything like that. It just this, – this championship seemed to hopshot or hopscotch uh, a little bit, and it doesn't seem like, you know, there's a lot of credibility. It's going to stay on Jay White for too long. So, you know, I don't mind Tanahashi necessarily being a transitional champion. I think he had it for a little bit over 30 days because um, he's won it before in the past. And he's very much, like a lot of people say, the John Cena of New Japan. He's there to do what they want. He'll win a championship once in a while, but he doesn't mind dropping it to someone else that's, that's not beneath him. Um, I just don't know. It just seemed kind of it, – it seemed a little bit bizarre. And I don't know the concept of gaijin. I don't know if that means just – Caucasian, or if that's an American term, like if he's not considered it, I'm not 100% sure about that. It just, that's usually something, you know, well, I guess Kenny's from Canada, so, you know, that seems like something that they rarely do, and it's very, like, a well-earned style thing, and it took Kenny a fuck, a really long time to get that. Uh, it took AJ a long time, too. Finn, I don't think, ever went past the junior division, Um so it just it 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 did seem a little bit different. I'll I'll just put it that way. Different for Gato's booking and different for New Japan on how they handle the IWGP Championship. But I am happy for Jay White. I think he's a fucking awesome heel. He's in my top five heels, like ultimate heels. You know, up there with Samoa Joe and your Sammy Callahan, maybe an MJF if you want to do that. Um, certain people, Daniel Bryan to an extent now because he's doing such a great job. Even Baron Corbin or. Of course, I forgot fucking <laughs> NXT's amazing Tommaso Ciampa. But you get what I'm saying. He's a top heel for me. Um, I don't ex- exactly think that, he, that, that they should have done that, though. Am I, am I being ridiculous for thinking that, for thinking that the, the title itself should be a little more prestigious than that? I mean, I think they're booked into a little bit of a hole with the American audience, which has been giving them a ton of viewership, and I think this was – 
in storyline, wanted to get the belt off of Tanahashi after building up a, a good feud with him and Kenny while they were trying to work out Kenny's deal. I mean, I think originally they thought that they could convince Kenny to stay. Um, and obviously they wanted to convince Kenny to stay and, and hold that title for a bit longer. It, it almost seems like their hand was forced a little bit into this. And, you know, they just did a bunch of matches with Tanahashi and Okada. Uh, so this leads you to something a little different with Jay Wyatt, who I, I mean, Jay White, and I'm assuming that Okada is next, next up. And I have a lot of reasons why, but I'm assuming you get the belt back on Okada. Okada is going to be a great champion um, to hold that thing while they're building up the bottom of their roster. And I think the two next stars up for them, um, you know, I don't think Jay White's going anywhere. I think that, he, you know, he's going to be in the Knicks and the G1s and, and, and definitely be formidable. But, I, you know, they, I don't know if this is the next thing you're going to talk about. So, <laughs> but it's from the New Japan world. Uh, but I, I will just say, like, NATO obviously is a huge star. And for the first time in forever, Kota Ibushi just, uh, Ibushi just signed a contract, which he had never done with yep. New Japan before. So this is a two-year deal. And the whole reason they've never pushed him to the top, like as far as becoming a champion, is because he was never un- under contract with them. So now that he's under contract with them, he is beloved. I mean, there's actually women in the audience that cry when they see Kota Ibushi. It is insane. So right there, they have a star for their Japanese market going forward, at least for the next two years. I, I mean, I honestly see White losing it to Kata and then probably uh, Kota winning the G1 and having a title shot, and then you get the feud between those two uh, probably at your World Cup. But, uh, you know, NATO is still there. I think he's still a huge star there. I'd be curious to see what they do with him as well. And you could even end up seeing him feud with Jay White more around, you know, your your intercontinental title area. But, like I said, I think this was just a transitional move to build up to that match with well, Okada and, and then go from there. Well, and, you know, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, they still like, – it, it seems like it's Kota Bushi, and we'll get – that's the second part of this. Kota Bushi, Okada, and Jay White are definitely there, but – I think, and, and, not, and Naito, but two other people that I think that we definitely have to look towards, maybe three, um, depends, because the storyline would be kind of convoluted because they're all members of the same group, but is Tamatanga, who they seem to keep, they, they, they have kind of put a little bit more into, he kind of like went against his ways at New Beginning, uh, but just him in general, great personality, I could definitely see eventually with that belt. And also, Sonata, man. Sonata is one of the best in-ring performers they got, I think, in New Japan. And I think a lot of people look to him, you know, the protege of the great Muta, that eventually he could be doing these – he's already doing banger matches, but actually in the world heavyweight title picture. Evil's another one. I don't know. Like I said, it it gets kind of weird with him and Naito and Sonata, but there's a lot of guys – now, especially with Kota officially joining New Japan, that are going to take the gap that Kenny, you know, that Kenny took and Cody and whoever, they're gonna they're gonna fill that in. Yes, but I mean the, the weird thing there is what they're filling in. Are, are they going going to give up on the American market? Because I mean I think that with the pathway that I laid out what I think is probably the most likely. Like, 
I, I don't know that they're going to be making a hard push in the American market anymore. Um, I think people will still watch and enjoy it based on who's left there. But I, I don't know how much dedication is going to be there from New Japan. I think I know why, though. Well, it, it possibly I know why. That gets into this whole thing about Kota Ibushi, who made an announcement, and his basic statement was that he signed a contract, and he says, I always want to be here in New Japan in 2019, 2020, 2021, and beyond. I think the contract is until 2021, I believe. Um, but uh, Kenny Omega congratulated Ibushi on Twitter. Once uh, after it was announced, Omega told Wrestling Observer Radio a few days ago that he expects to see Ibushi in AEW in the near future, though not for double or nothing uh, or anything too soon. It's now clear that it's not, yeah, it's now clear that wouldn't be under the full-time or exclusive contract. Those hoping to see the Golden Lovers back together or on opposite sides of the ring might also get their wish in New Japan since Omega told WOR that his AEW contract, like Chris Jericho's, allows him to appear for New Japan in the future. So, you know, they have that deal with the Chinese organization, AAA, who's a huge, you know, the biggest fucking uh, wrestling company in Mexico. With this with New Japan... And kind of like ending all this, you know, we can you can start off by more or less talking about maybe this could be their American market, at least for a partnership, kind of like what they have with Ring of Honor. But, you know, this would be I, I'm assuming is going to go more mainstream. I could be wrong. If they're willing to do that, we know that there are and we've talked about this too, Chris, in the past, you know, the way that I've heard Cody all of them have talked about it. They want an open relationship. They don't want to have to tie wrestlers down. Obviously, they want them for the television and stuff like that. But it makes it sound like, you know, you have Don Callis running Impact. We found out from Chris Jericho that him and Kenny almost went to Impact Wrestling before all this started really finalizing. That was actually something that they were going to do for a little while and then go back to New Japan. You have New Japan saying that Kenny can go over there. Kota could come over here sometime soon. This seems very much reminiscent of the territory days. Do you think that AEW wants to make an infrastructure, especially with Tony Khan, who's such a brilliant sports mind, um, in which, you know, here's two talents, let me have two talents, you know, kind of work that. WCW kind of did that a little bit. Um, Do you think that that is something that they're thinking about doing with these companies, like your Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, New Japan, AAA, which is already confirmed, is that something that you see happening in the future, or do you think that that can't realistically exist? I mean, I think it can exist to some extent, but the big problem that you always run into is your TV and booking someone strong or not strong for each company. And New Japan's gotten burnt in the past when they would lend talent to TNA, for instance, and they would make them look weak, and then they have to rebuild them back when they come to New Japan. Um, I think a lot of it depends on booking, but when you're talking about big names and stuff, and if Khan and Jericho are leading us to believe that, are we talking one-off shows or just trading of talent? Um, I think it could work. It just, that's always been like kind of the mindset is you, you got to make them look strong. And ring of honor has done a good job with that, with new Japan. Um, I'd, I'd just be curious to see how they handle it more than anything else. Yeah, I would just, you know, if you go back to All In, it was the cooperation of a lot of different organizations that kind of caused this. Within NWA, 
MLW, Ring of Honor, PWG a little bit. Everyone sprinkled their, their help uh, within them. It would be awesome if there is some way for them to do this in which if, if they want to try to get Nick Aldis, I'm not saying he's going to be the fucking NWA champion forever. You know, that's something they obtain with Corrigan for like a one-off for a pay-per-view. Or if they want to be like, hey, Don, uh, we'll send you this guy and this guy for, you know, one fucking build-up for a pay-per-view. You send us this guy. I would hope that cooler heads will prevail. I just don't. As much as everyone's trying to be hunky-dory about shit like this, I just I, – I, I can't believe it. Is that is that just something that where maybe it's because of everything that's happened in the past with everyone trying to be so cutthroat between WWE and, 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 and Bischoff with WCW – uh, even before that with the territories, it just seems like stuff like that is really nice to say, but it's just not realistic in the, in the end. I mean, I think for new Japan, it probably ends up working better than it would for all elite wrestling because of the people they're going to, and the fact that they're going to, I mean, if, if they, right, for instance, if, if you have, Kenny Omega dominating over here, and he goes over to New Japan to go against, let's say, Okada. They're not going to want him to win against Okada. They're going to want Okada to look strong. And then you get into the debate of, well, we have a weekly TV show to do. So that that's more of where my mindset is. Is This is going to be different because you're they're talking about – I mean, the two people, the two networks that we talked about last week are going to be big weekly shows on primetime with these guys week in and week out, even if it's a recorded show, you got to make them look strong. So I think, you know, that's more of where some of the issue lies, right? Um, I hope cooler heads prevail and we get to see a good trading of talent. And maybe even you get to see like a couple month runs in the, in the pay-per-views and stuff like that. I think that would be awesome. Okada. Okada. But yeah, Okada coming and winning the all elite wrestling title would be pretty great. Right. But uh, yeah. I, I think that's that's the that's the big thing is, are you willing to trade the title? I mean, that's why you know, in retrospect, when you look at the trade, like when you look at WCW working with All Japan, All Japan didn't really have an American presence back then. It was it was really hard to get. You had to trade to see wrestlers in All Japan who weren't on WCW. So it was a little different now than it, it was then. And you know, New Japan has their own weekly show. Uh, <laughs> they would prefer you to probably watch. Uh, so that's where it gets a little weird. Um, I think that's kind of why, you know, when what ring of honor was able to do with how they worked with new Japan, I think worked really well, but they also ended up with situations where, you know, Cody was the ring of honor champion and then he dropped the belt and then went and did a bunch of new Japan tournament or uh, dates. If this show is like on big TV and becomes very popular, because I think it probably will end up being bigger than Ring of Honor, and probably bigger than Impact at this point, based on the talent that they have. If it's done right and they have a good TV deal, um, that's it's just tough sledding. I, I don't necessarily know it's impossible, but like you said, cooler heads have to prevail, and I think the trading of talent has to be equal. And you have to make when you when you get someone from New Japan, you have to make them look strong. You can't just have Okada come over for a one-off and then lose. I, I don't think that Gato would be super hyped on that. Well, uh, Gato doesn't like Okada anymore. He's all about Jay White. Remember, he he, he screwed him over, man. He hates him. <laughs> in in story, <laughs> until Okada goes on another 
300-day title run. <laughs> Wait, you're saying wrestling's re- not what? I'm so, I'm so <laughs> All right. Sorry, man. Didn't, didn't well, mean to blow your mind there. <laughs> Ruin yeah, the you know, it's blow my mind. Just craziness. All right, well, let's start off with the WWE news. Uh, the first thing I want to say is um, a big rest in peace to Peter Morales, uh, one of the most decorated Intercontinental Champions and also uh, World Heavyweight Champion for WWE, or the WWF, I should say. Um, I mean, he was my dad's second favorite wrestler. I don't know a lot about him. He basically was the one who preceded uh, the babyface, uh, you know, they after Bruno started like being less with the company, and um, I think Bob Backlund was the babyface that proceeded after him. Those were like the two big ones in the late seventies, and uh, big wrestler, big personality. Uh, out of stuff like that I've seen, I could tell that probably was maybe a little bit of influence. I'm assuming on the Rock from Pedro, uh, and probably other wrestlers. He was Puerto Rican, I believe. He was the first Hispanic World Heavyweight Champion. I believe that that's one of the big credentials for him. Um, and just great wrestler. I'm sure they're going to make a nice package on, um, on the, uh, the network. So I would definitely check that out. It's always good to check out an older wrestlers, um, especially someone that, you know, we might not know him now, but he was one of the biggest wrestlers in the world at one point in time. So, uh, rest in peace, Pedro Morales. And let me give you a 10 count before we go into this news. All right. Let's talk about some wrestling. So we, we kind of went into the Batista, the Batista stuff beforehand. But the first news that was uh, broke by, I believe, Pro Wrestling Sheet was that Batista was in talks for WrestleMania. Um, and now, apparently that is true. Uh, we don't know exactly what. Um, we're assuming that it would be with the Triple H thing, because apparently Hunter's looking to be perfectly healthy. I just don't know where the fuck they would put this on the giant card that they already have because they're going to have to go to, like, 20 matches. I'm just saying. They have so many damn titles. Uh, anyways, either way, I would love to see that happen. I think that that was fun. If they give it the next couple of months to really set it up, get a little bit personal, it would be a fun thing to play out. And then we also found out, uh, I think it was broke shortly after that, that he's been in talks with AEW. He met with Tony Khan, and he also met with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho took a nice little picture that I'm sure Vince was really happy about uh, and put it online with the two of them. I'm sure, I'm assuming they might have a talkish Jericho. They'll come out next week uh, talking with Batista about stuff. Uh, But interesting, Um, Chris, Batista potentially at Mania, most likely against Triple H, I'm assuming. Um, Or, Oh, and or him doing a run in AEW. We kind of talked about it. What do you feel? Well, I mean, if he does a run in AEW, I would assume it's a little down the road because I don't think it would be tied up before double or nothing. And I would think that Cody would need to be 100% healthy. So I would think it would make sense to have Cody involved in that match um, or Kenny, one of the two. I think Cody makes the most sense because he wrestles the – the closest style to WWE kind of, he, I mean, he has the WWE style. He worked there. He, he's where I think he's actually wrestled Batista before. So I think that would probably make the most sense from a match standpoint, just how you would build that. But I mean, Batista has also said multiple times that he would like to have one match with triple H and that'd be kind of it. 
and doing it on WrestleMania. WrestleMania will be a bigger show than probably the next two or three AEW pay-per-views, I would think, at the very least, unless the company just catches on immediate fire, which I, even still, it's WrestleMania, right? So I, if I'm Batista and I'm getting paid the same amount of money either way, I think it would be neat to be a part of something different and go there knowing that I could have a really good match with Chris Jericho or Kenny Omega or Cody Rhodes, opposed to having, you know, a match that people have seen before with Triple H. Um, that being said, I'm not Batista, and if you want to have a match at WrestleMania, more than likely that's what's going to happen. Uh, I, you know, it really comes down to who can sweet talk him the best. I, like I said, I just think it would be really neat to see Batista do something different. His last run in. WWE, I don't think people were super into, mostly because he won that Royal Rumble and it, it left a bad taste in people's mouth a little bit. AEW, he has a fresh slate. You get to see him wrestle someone maybe you haven't seen him wrestle in a very long time or maybe someone he's never wrestled at all. Uh, someone like if Hangman Page is champion, for instance, maybe you do Batista versus Hangman Page. Like To me, that's more interesting, but it's also not going against Triple H in what will be considered one of the main events of WrestleMania. So that's, that's a hard one to really think of. I think he's got, you know, either way, as wrestling fans, I think we get to see something fun. So that's cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, it's 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 kind of easy to say this, but like, you know, if he does both, I, I like Batista. And I <laughs> there's no way he's going to get the Blutista stuff now. So... You know, he's pretty much beloved by everyone for playing Drax. Um, so wherever he goes, he can add to something. Do I think that Batista is the greatest in-ring worker? No, but I think for his size, he's always been pretty, you know, um, manageable, I guess is a good word. Um, you know, and working with other people. Like him and Ray had some awesome matches. And Ray is a very small guy. Batista's a very big guy. So, you know, you put him against certain people, certain opponents, I'll be interested. Shit, put him against Kenny, whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's Batista. He does bring name value. But I do, more so out of anything, at least myself, want to see him in Triple H at WrestleMania. And all this talk about Batista saying he wants to get back on the road and do house shows, I think is very, very, is cool. But he's also filming a bunch of movies. So I don't know if it's exactly realistic. Whatever Dave Batista wants to do, I support. He's a really cool dude. And uh, I like him as a wrestler, you know? Um, any other uh, statements about this before we move on, Chris? No, no. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm 100% cool with wherever Batista ends up. I think it'll bring value to either company, whether it's pay-per-view buys for WWE or just you know one-off pay-per-view spot for AEW to give them a huge name recognition against someone that you probably would never think to go against, like Kenny Omega, right? Like you know, told me like three, like two or three years ago that you could potentially see Kenny Omega versus Batista in something that wasn't a WWE ring, I would have told you that you were a fucking liar. <laughs> so that to me is the, like, is more interesting to me just because it's like weird, but uh, I could totally see, you know, him versus triple H probably have a decent match at WrestleMania makes the most sense. The house show thing. I'm kind of with you. I, I just don't, I, I bet he would actually like to do that and go perform in front of fans and, and it not be just, I don't think he can TV. though. Yeah, I don't think he can, but I, I, when he says he would love to do it, that that's honest. Like, he probably would love to go and have house matches where, you know, he's just going to go have a match. And you don't have to worry about 
a lot of the promo and a lot of the TV and a lot of these drawn out big storylines. I think he probably would really enjoy that, but more realistically, when he was on Edge and Christian, he said that he missed that specifically the most was those house matches and having so much fun and not having to worry about a lot of the other stuff that comes with you know being on the road with WWE basically. Yeah. Story. I mean, I don't I think he's. I don't know. I don't think that he would get that in either company. I think he would have a hell if he did sign with AEW. He'd probably have like two or three recorded TV dates and then a pay per view. So. Like I said, I don't know. To me, the most sense probably makes the, the match with Triple H, and then he goes off into the sunset again, and uh, you know, gets has fun filming all of the movies that he's filming. But I mean, the big thing about that <laughs> to me is, do you do you really want to see Triple H beat Batista at WrestleMania? No, because I mean that's, what, that's Triple H. He can he can take a damn pin, okay? <laughs> he fucked over Sting. He pulled over fucking Seth. Put over Batista, clipping a dick bag. I love Triple H, but come on, he should have fucked the put over gonna, Sting. That's what it always goes back to. <laughs> but are you gonna put over Batista if he's not gonna be there though? Like Triple H ain't gonna fucking put over Batista if he's not gonna be there. You could have some fuck yeah, finish where you know Triple Orton H's hits the most with know? the RKO. <laughs> like, like if, 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 yeah, no shit. It's like well, if, if, if I'm just saying, like Triple H. I can talk all this shit, but he's if he tries to get healthy from a torn peck to be able to wrestle Batista, and he's also, you know, kind of running most of the shit, I guess he should have fucking put over Sting. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, let's, let's, let's move <laughs> on. A, I, I agree with you. He is a badass. So, I mean, like, all good on Triple H. I'm just saying, like, I know, like, watching Triple H do this shit, if he knows Batista's not going to fucking be there, you're either going to get a fuck finish or a pedigree pin. One of the two. From that match at WrestleMania. So, uh, Dave, uh, I, I was talking <laughs> to my dad, and uh, we think that, you know, I should hit you with the hammer uh, when we distract the referee. We're thinking about getting Rick to come in and distract him, and I hit you with the sledgehammer and then uh, the pedigree. And then it's one, two, three, and it's done. And that's it. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right. (laughs) This actually, this next one's pretty interesting, pretty intriguing. Uh, They had, like, a big TV conference last week, and Fox was talking about SmackDown. Uh, They drove home. Again, they want this much more sports-oriented. And also that Fox has plans beyond SmackDown as WWE's financial success continues they would like to think about, you know, basically potentially if SmackDown does well with them, they want they're, they're already thinking about other programming with WWE NXT NXT. I don't give a fuck if they put it on like a secondary station. Just put it on fucking cable. Anyways, Chris, when you hear this, um, is that a positive thing for a lot of us that would like to see other programming from Fox on cable? Maybe NXT. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I would love that if it's NXT, but I also have a feeling that it would be something like, I don't know, fucking a reality TV show of some sort. Oh, total dudes. Didn't, didn't, no, fuck didn't, didn't Didn't Nikki Cross just get married? I feel like <laughs> I feel like that would be an interesting reality show. Damo right? and Nikki? Damo and Nikki? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> 
but you know what I'm saying? Like when they say WWE programming, that could be fucking. That could be a Chris Christian and Edge talk show. Which whatever, I'd probably fucking watch it. But like, that could mean anything. I hope it means NXT. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's cool they're saying they wanted more sports. Uh, more sports related. We've talked about that in the past. I think one of the big things that I'd be worried about if I was Fox is the fact that like SmackDown's ratings have not been very great lately. Um, even with yeah. Becky Lynch being on a hot streak, which we've talked in the past, I don't think ratings mean, you know, as much, uh, but it does point out something that we've talked about also, which is these fucking seven hour pay-per-views, three hour raws, and then two hours of SmackDown, bro. That's a lot even for a diehard wrestling. They kill me. It's like 12 kill hours me. of wrestling before the show. Like before we do this podcast on Wednesday. It's 12 hours of wrestling. Um and WrestleMania is probably going to be 24 hours this year, so. Um Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're that my big thing is I'm glad that they're moving SmackDown to a different day. Uh even though it's going to mess with us a little bit probably, but I, I'm glad they're doing that. I'm excited that Fox seems to be excited. I'm excited that they're talking about they're wanting to make it more sports-esque. I wonder if that means that they spin NXT into a separate show. Do they divide it to where it is SmackDown and NXT, and then Raw is its own thing? And then off of that, I wonder how long Raw actually lasts if you do that platform where – if you treat it like an actual sport, which I've talked about before, where you're doing physical trades between the GMs, where you're doing contract signings for actual contracts and discussing money, and you treat this thing like it's actually sports franchises, um, that becomes interesting to me in a way that could fuck overall pretty hard, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, a lot of it's, you know, those are those would be my ideas immediately, is spin up an NXT show. Uh, make them their own separate brands, um, kind of divert that stuff from the big guys that you'll have on Raw with their three-hour TV show, because why the fuck does Fox give a shit about USA? They don't. Um, and make that really interesting. And if you want to make it sports-related, make it actual sports-related. Like, do, you know, another weekly show that talks about contract signings and trading of talent and, like, free agent signings. Um, instead of just doing, like, a roster toss-up, do free agent signings. Like make it more of a thing that's actually like how sports works, and I think that's something yeah, that's very interesting that no one's done. Chris, I completely agree with you because they have something on the network, but it's more like extra, like it, like the Hollywood behind the scenes shit of like they're these wonderful couple of wrestlers. Like that's on their network. They don't have a fucking ESPN related show. They used to. Uh, they had JBL would go over it with um, Paul Rosenberg, I believe, and they had like an ESPN driven style thing and I would love stuff like that. I would I would completely eat it up. I don't want to see a cooking show with Bray Wyatt on Fox. Like cooking with the devil, man. <laughs> no. Fuck that. Are you sure uh, you don't want to see cooking with a devil? <laughs> like that sounds pretty interesting. Hey, man, you know you know, we just take some yeah. radish, man. And, you know, just mix it with the with the carrots. You know, just with use them as whole. No. Alright, next thing. <laughs> Weird news, Chris. WWE based uh, an intergender match at an live event um, with Dean and Nia and then scrapped it the week that was about to happen. They advertised it, made posters, 
for a live event and then decide to go back on it. Um, very weird situation with Dean. He loses to uh, EC3, beats him again. Uh, he went off script at Raw. Ooh! And told, uh, which was very confusing for the storyline, but I don't think Dean gives a fuck anymore, but told um, Seth to slay the beast. He apparently wasn't supposed to say that. Um, And it seems like, I don't know if he had a problem with this or what, but they were going to do this, and then they said, nah, never mind. So what do you think about this? I mean, I think it was Dean Ambrose saying he wasn't going to fucking work with Nikki or Naya. Like, honestly, because, I mean, he didn't, didn't he just recently have worked with Nikki yet? (laughs) <laughs> not yet. I think he was just like fuck that I'm not doing it because <laughs> they would want him to do a job he, he's on his way out of the company they're having him lose every match probably when he saw that he said fuck that I'm not doing that <laughs> would be my guess I mean didn't he change yeah. like we haven't talked about Raw yet but didn't he change the segment this week like on the fly live or refuse to say yeah, anything no, yeah. So he was just supposed to come out, come out, and just have like a, a like a, a stare down with Seth. He threw in that line, "Slay the Beast," which I, I apparently was not. You know, they didn't like that because it kind of like just null and voids their their past feud. But I, I don't think Dean gave a fuck basically and just said that on television. And uh, I, I just don't think he gives a shit. Either that, or this is all a ruse. It's all a work. They're all working us right now, and Dean's actually staying, and it's all bullshit. I have no fucking. Uh, I honestly don't think Dean's staying, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I I heard a little bit different from like I guess Meltzer was talking about it, and he said that they had had him discussing the feud with like I guess their past feud and and how he had mutual respect and like kind of just like killing the feud off in a different way, and he just went with that instead. So like there's different oh. things floating around. Oh. But, but either but either way, he was just like fuck that and didn't do it. So he, he pulled an audible he didn't work doesn't out. give a shit. <laughs> yeah, if you're asking me why he didn't uh, <laughs> he didn't want to wrestle a match with Nia Jax because he was probably like fuck that, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, you know, like because what what WWE would do, they would have him do a job for Nia, and then they'll treat it like anything big that happens at a house show, and they'll show it on both products and weaken his brand. That's probably exactly what he thought, and his response to that was like, fuck that, I'm not doing that. That would be my guess. Yeah, I agree. You know, just weird situations that we're probably going to continue to see involving Dean leading up to his departure with WWE, and uh, we'll see what happens afterwards. I, I really think that Dean Ambrose could be someone that just takes a break for a while. Maybe comes back to wrestling in a year or two, but says, fuck it, he saved his money, his wife, you know, is traveling with WWE, making her part and enjoying her when she's home, you know, and that's about it. And that's, yeah. if he wants to do that, that's fucking fine, man. And I'd love to see him just, join Impact or AEW or, or something else afterwards, but it's up to him on what the fuck he wants to do. He doesn't know anyone anything. Yeah, and he dealt with a lot last of thing bullshit I, in WWE. Yeah, my thing is I hope he just doesn't burn, like – or gain a re- reputation similar to like Austin Aries on his way out over these next couple months. Yeah. Cause he, he never really had that before. You know what I mean? So like, I hope that like him not wanting to do a job for Nia Jax or him changing a line in a promo, all this shit's going to get overblown because he's leaving. And I hope it doesn't mean like, I hope people don't think that means he's like impossible to work with. Cause I mean, he did a lot of stupid shit for WWE that if he was a real dick about, he probably wouldn't have done. 
Like, I don't know, yep. becoming Bane. <laughs> or cutting oh, heel God. promos on Roman Reigns after we just found out he got cancer. Like, it's probably a lot of shit that he wouldn't have done. <laughs> so I would yep. just say, keep that, keep that in mind, even if you're not a huge Dean Ambrose fan. I don't think he's out there just trying to be a dick. Um, and that, like, anything that's going on right now, I don't think necessarily means that he's a bad worker or someone that's, like, got the reputation of, like, an Austin Aries, for instance. Well, yeah, and you know who definitely is not a bad worker, Chris? Who's that? Mustafa Ali, who unfortunately is out due to injury. Um, I don't think this is something that's going to be too long, but I think he messed up his knee on, on – I think it was Eric Rowan slamming him on the announce table, I believe, is what they blamed it on. I don't know if that's actually where it was where it happened, but he'll be out for the next couple of weeks. So unfortunately, he missed elimination or he's gonna miss an elimination chamber. Fortunately that works out, but we'll get to that in a little while. Um but uh yeah. Unfortunately Ali lost out at an opportunity. Uh, but, you know, he's been doing pretty damn well on the main roster, and I think people are really getting behind him. So, you know, hopefully he heals right up, and we'll see him soon. I really hope so, and I hope he gets the opportunity to work with Rey Mysterio Jr. before Jr. is done. Um, Me too. Just because I feel like that he does – I mean, not, not to compare every little guy to Rey Mysterio Jr., but he does kind of have that that feeling of being the underneath babyface – in a lot of his matches. And I think we've talked about this before where it's almost a Daniel Bryan thing where you, you want to see him win and no matter how hard he's getting the shit kicked out of him, you know, there's like that chance that he might overcome the odds. He pulls on your heartstrings. Yeah. And I kind of feel that way about him and I, I would be cool to see him work with, you know, Ray Mysterio jr. And I definitely want to see him continue this feud with Samoa Joe. So um, I hope he gets well soon, man. Yeah, me too. All right, last bit of news that we have about WWE before we start going over Elimination Chamber. Raw and SmackDown. Uh, we have the recruits uh, took a picture um, for the newest class in NXT. Um, we've known them pretty much all of them, but uh, let's see. We got Rachel Ellering, Karen Q, ACH, Trevor Lee, uh, Sam Shaw, Scott Parker, Shane Matthews, Jonah Rock, Elliot Sexton, and Nick Camarato. I don't know if some of those guys, since I don't know all of them, uh, which ones, there's a couple athletes in there, basically. One person notably missing from this was Kushida. But Kushida was seen two days ago at the Performance Center. So I'm assuming that he might be coming out. Keep in mind, though, Chelsea Green was on the one with Matt Riddle um, and uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Keith Lee, and I still haven't seen her at all on NXT. So I'm wondering what's going on there. But um, how do you feel about, you know, these names we've already talked about and that Kushida wasn't in the actual class pick, but he's at the Performance Center? Sorry, man, I had to sneeze. I want to blow everyone's eardrums out. Um, so you guys are welcome, by the way. That is, I don't know most of the signer, signees. They look like – they seem like an athletic class which has turned out well for WWE in the past. So it's interesting. I want to know how they develop, and it's going to be fun watching to see if we sprout out like a Velveteen Dream or something out of that class. You know, that's that's high hopes, but NXT is going to have to replenish that roster, so this makes sense. Because um, she does a big get. But I don't know that I'm 100% sold that he wasn't just visiting the facility or in contract talks. Uh 
I feel like that he probably has a home in AEW as a tag team wrestler. And I'd be curious to see how either company would use him. Uh, if he wants to go into more of a singles direction, that might be, you know, that might, that might be how he decides where he's going. Right. Cause I know right now he's not officially signed anything as far as I'm aware. Not officially. No, just seen at the performance center. So you're probably right about this could be possibly negotiations and him checking out the center itself and getting a feel for it. But who knows? Uh, question, Chris, before, you know, when we move on, do you want me, do you want to go over the couple notes for Ron Smackdown and then go into elimination chamber or let's do elimination chamber and then we'll go into Ron Smackdown. Uh, I mean, there was some interesting stuff that happened on raw. One of my favorites showed back up. So I don't know if you want to hit the high points, we can do that. And then, We'll spend just a little bit of time right, on it. Chamber. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the high points on Raw. You can talk about, like last time, uh, what you liked about it, and then I'll do the same thing after you. Um, so basically, the whole thing involving Becky. That's the big storyline going throughout it. Becky's got to apologize Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. She tells them to, like, F themselves at first, and that she'll beat their ass and Vince's ass, and she doesn't trust any of them. And she gets, throughout the whole entire night, you know, her old mentor, Finn Balor, who taught her, talks to her. Alexa Bliss has obviously got ulterior motives, talks to her. Ronda Rousey's like, what are you doing? You're going to script this fucking fight. You know, this happens throughout the whole entire thing. She finally gives in, apologizes to him, and then Vince screws her over and puts Charlotte in the match. That's the, one of the big things. The one that I think that you were talking about, KO will be returning in a month. Cool promo, showing that he's definitely lost some weight. Um, and it kind of portrayed him a little bit like you'd be a baby face. Um, I don't know. He also said he doesn't know if he's coming to Raw and SmackDown. SmackDown has every good promo in the WWE, so why not put Kevin Owens a part of that group? Um, but then he also hit a gutter ball when he was playing bowling with his family, so that was kind of funny way to end it, KO style. But uh, it looks like he's going to be returning faster than Sammy because Sammy was on Chris Jericho not too long ago saying that he's got a little while, but – KO I might be ready for Mania. That's that's pretty crazy. We already talked about the Dean thing. The Revival beat uh, Rude and Gable in actually a pretty damn good match. Uh, you know, they were talking about leaving. They said their biggest uh, problem uh, was the tag division and them treating it like crap. And Vince said he would try to work within it. They gave him the titles. I don't know if that means they're going to stick around or what, but... I'm hoping that we get more good matches like we saw uh, that night. Those are the big ones on Raw, Chris. What would you like to say about them? I mean, I think the big one, obviously, is is Becky Lynch because it has the most impact on storylines in general. I think it's a little weird that they didn't pull the trigger on this the night after she won the Rumble and then somehow worked her into the Elimination Chamber and had her win some crazy match at Elimination Chamber basically winning the double, like winning the number one contendership twice instead of doing a suspension, like just stripping her of the rumble uh, victory, I think would have been a better way to go. I think it's fine. Uh, I didn't hate the storyline. I thought that this was one of Ronda's better promos (laughs) because it made sense in the storyline and it wasn't overdone because Ronda does want to fight her. Right. So I think that works well. Um, I'm just, I'm done with authority figures. I think it was fun seeing Vince, but it's, I feel like there's a lot better ways to get to where they were going than the way they went. 
I don't hate it. I don't think in any way I there's no way that Becky doesn't end up in that match. So I don't really it doesn't bother me that much. But uh, yeah, I mean I think that was the one that well, stood out the most. Not, not not mean to interject too much, but me and you were talking about this before we went on the air. And we, you know, I kind of said, and based off of what you were saying too, is that it seems with Becky, since they're going with it, they're taking little pieces of Stone Cold storyline of what built him up and little pieces of, of Daniel Bryan's and trying to hodgepodge them in there. And it seems not to be coming out too natural. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, I think that you could end up with a situation where she has to be several people on her way to, WrestleMania, and then maybe even someone before the title match at Mania. As of right now, I don't know what they're going to have Nia Jax do. So you could even have like where Stephanie built, they build up Nia Jax, and they're like, okay, well, you have to beat Nia. And then they play off the fact that, you know, she broke Becky's face um, because they haven't really done that big moment yet. They kind of did in the Rumble, they teased it a little bit, but it wasn't anything huge. So I think that's, you know, that's how they get there. It's whether or not they bring that all the way to Mania, have her have to beat Nia, and then you end up with a three-way match, and it's basically the Daniel Bryan storyline. That is a high possibility. What about your man KO? My man KO, the only thing I would say is I, I'm excited to see him come back. I He's a weird uh, face character. So I don't know where, where they're going with this. And you look back at that Bobby Lashley match, and it is almost like they had a double turn. And then he was injured. So it's a little weird. I like, you know, the recovery. I like the angle they're going with. What I'm hoping they're not going to do is be like, well, now that Kevin Owens is cool again and had some family time, let's just throw him back with Sami Zayn and have a tag team. No. Like, I hope that's not where no. they're going. Uh, <laughs> not, not that there's anything wrong with Sami Zayn. I think Sami Zayn's incredible, but... Uh, yeah, I hope they're not going that route. I, I think that they're going for the ordinary man gimmick, like basically Dusty Rhodes. And I hope they're not going that route either. Um, just because he, he rolled that just, gutter ball. And if you uh, wanted to do something God, kind no, of we, funny, they uh, should have just had him run down there and do like a rolling senton into the pins. That <laughs> that's like, like his move. Mr. That was like an opposite Mr. Perfect. All, all I would like to – yeah, that would actually have been funny if he did a rolling fucking – that would have hurt. Um, just put him back to how he was when he first came to WWE with the NXT title and fucking just, just being a dominant bastard, basically, and just taking out people. And it doesn't matter if he's a babyface or heel. That's not what it's about. It's him winning and being a, a prize fighter. Like, that's, that's what I want. That's what you want, too. Yeah. I know you do. I mean, I well, I want the st- I wanted the storyline that they have Becky in, but I wanted it right after he beat John yeah. Cena. <laughs> that that ship has fucking sailed. I mean, the amount of work yeah. they would have to get to get him back there. I'm hoping that this ends up being more of like a Chris Jericho where he completely fucking swerves us and just reinvents himself, and these promos mean nothing at all. And I hope they continue Me to too. do these promos, and then when he comes back, he's just a complete fucking dick. Because I think I just I think that will just, work know, the between, best for Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens should be clear in a month. I know that Bray's already cleared. Luke Harper was at SmackDown in the back. I just like you know they just have too many fucking people on this roster. It's another thing that worries me is where the fuck could they put KO, you know, in? Um, but besides that, also 
How did you like the tag match that was on Raw? I thought it was the best. Well, I mean, it, that's not saying much, but I thought it was the best wrestling match they had on Raw. <laughs> it was easily the best match of the night. It was good for them to give the Revival a little nod, but it does seem reactive instead of proactive. So I'm curious. Is Rudy yeah, Gable going to break up? Hopefully, because Chad Gable is the bigger star right now. He's I, awesome. I think Chad Gable is fucking awesome, and they missed the boat on some cool storylines they could have done with him in the past. Uh, hopefully they break up a bit. Sad news for anyone that wanted to see, you know, American Alpha or just see Jason Jordan come back. Uh, apparently, it's not looking good for him being able to get back in the ring ever. Um, there's a lot of reports, and that's the reason why he's been working as a producer in the back, is that whatever injury he suffered was something that was pretty pretty bad. So I hope the best for Jason Jordan, and I'd love to see him have a comeback, and I'd love to see him and Gable in a tag team together again. They were fucking awesome, and they just broke it up to make him Kurt Angle's son, which was really beneficial for him. Um, it's too bad. Hope the best yeah. for him. Do you want to go over some SmackDown yeah. stuff now? Yeah, we might as well. All right. So Charlotte poured some salt in the wound, and I just love every pissed-off person out there. Look, I want a two-on-two. And, you know, where is Asuka is my second note for SmackDown, and I still would like to fucking know that. I don't know what the hell is going to happen with Asuka, but I love Charlotte Flair. I don't care what any fucking – and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re, re-go into my concept for smart. When I say smart, that means stupid mark, okay? We're going to stop saying smart mark because it just – I'm just going to get straight to the point. Every smart out there that not only thinks that Chuck's a bad worker, whatever the fuck, thinks she's a bad promo, she's getting shoved down her throat like Roman Reigns. You guys are ridiculous. She really is the backbone of the re- of the female division. She's one of the best wrestlers, period, as far as telling stories, working in the ring. She's a chip off the old block, if you understand what I'm saying. She's a great fucking heel, and she's working with this. I, you know, and I like Chris's ideas too, and this could, that could definitely happen. I feel, since we don't know who the hell is going to go against Asuka, and I hope that they get back to that soon, because we haven't seen Asuka since the Rumble, um, they're not going to build it. I'm assuming that Becky and, and Charlotte are going to have a match for some fucking reason at that one pay-per-view between Elimination Chamber and Mania, and the winner will go on. She'll lose, and then I guess... It just sucks because it seems like then they'll just hodgepodge her against Asuka. It looks like it's a three-way. But I will say for everyone that's naysayers on three-ways, one of my favorite WrestleMania championship matches, and I know it doesn't happen often, was the headline of the event where Chris Benoit beat Triple H for the title and Shawn Michaels kind of weaseled his way within that match. It's one of the last WrestleManias I watched until I stopped watching. And there's a good thing to say of having someone that's as good of a worker as Charlotte in there to mix it up with Becky, who's also a damn good worker, and Ronda, who's catching on pretty fucking quickly. So that's all I'd say. If, you know, going with the whole Oscar thing, if that's not going to happen with her and Charlotte, I hope it's Naomi. I know they're friends. I don't know how you do it in storyline, set it up, but I love Naomi. She's one hell of a worker. During that tag match, on SmackDown, I was like, God, Naomi is so freaking good in the ring. So I think that would be at least a great match for that title. I may, Who knows? Maybe they're going to hodgepodge all the titles, and we're going to get a McMahon in every corner for the women's match, for the, for the fucking thing. That would be great. Linda can come back and represent Asuka. I hope not. Um, we also had 
uh, awesome interaction between McMiz, if you will, and the Usos, in which the Usos just destroyed Miz and Shane, and it was awesome. Uh, SmackDown has some of the best people on the mic. They have, I mean, give me a break. Okay, let's, if KO goes to SmackDown, that will be Kevin Owens, Charlotte, Becky, um, and then obviously the males, you go the Usos, you go Samoa Joe, you go the Miz. I mean, give me a fucking break. Like, that's some of the best promos that they have. And Usos just, after they they super kick the shit out of them, they look like they're going to piss themselves. Somehow, I feel like McMiz is still going to win. But, I mean, I'm ready for the Usos penitentiary. And last thing, obviously, Kofi kills the fucking gauntlet match. He beat Samoa Joe. He beat Jeff Hardy. He beat the champion, Daniel Bryan. Now, could this have been Mustafa Ali's storyline in that? Possibly. But the fact that people got behind him and the whole thing with him and AJ, fuck it. I don't care how you do it. I want Daniel Bryan against Kofi Kingston at Mania, and I want Kofi to get the fucking title and be the first African-American to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship belt. Not the world champion or the world heavyweight belt. Not the big gold one. The actual WWE lineage. I want him to fucking win it. Whew. Sorry. SmackDown affected me a hell of a lot more than Raw did. Chris, what do you have to say about all this shit? Uh, for Asuka, I totally see her versus Naomi. I just think that they're going to build Naomi, and then Asuka, she'll, you know, she'll beat everybody, and then Asuka will be like, hey, do you want to fight? Because Asuka, you know, they're friends, but Asuka likes fighting, and Asuka likes winning. So, <laughs> you know, they don't really have to have a storyline for that. I think if, as long as they make Naomi look good, that'll probably be the match. Uh, Kofi Kingston fucking phenomenal match in the gauntlet match. I do think that was built for Mustafa Ali to give him uh, a little bit more credibility heading in. Um, But awesome. And turns out, hey, Kofi can wrestle singles matches, guys. (laughs) Like, Kofi Kingston is a very fucking underrated worker in a lot of ways. I think it was awesome. I would love to see... I would fucking love to see Kofi Kingston win the Elimination Chamber. He loses every other gimmick match he's in but he always has, like, one of the biggest moments. Have him fucking win the thing. And then you have Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. It's pre-set up. You have that match at Mania. And you can just put the title back on Bryan after the fact. I think it will be a huge moment either way. I, I, I would love to see him win at Mania. I think that would be absolutely nuts. I think people would lose their fucking mind. Um, seeing, like, New Day holding up Kofi with the – the title that has eluded him his entire career would be incredible moment, an incredible moment. Um, Just to notate on that, Xavier Woods after SmackDown last night, put he will become champion. He will as a tweet. So hopefully that is the case because I would love to see Kofi get the title, even just for a minute. I think it would be great. Uh, And once again, I thought that match was phenomenal. Uh, Miz and Shane McMahon, I'm glad. I, I hope they lose. Um, something to do with the Miz and then you just get Miz versus McMahon at WrestleMania. Cause I don't want to see a, a tag match. with them. I don't really want to see a singles match with them, but it, it kind of, this thing is holding up the entire rest of the tag division. So I'm, I, the faster they get the belts off them, the better. And if they are just going to go Miz and McMahon, I don't need it for one more pay-per-view after this one. But yeah, I'm, what I'm, would you think about the uh, worst female worker in the industry, Charlotte, with her horrible moonsaults? How did you think she did? 
<laughs> yeah, that's why she's being put in this match, not because they think that she would be able to make the match more entertaining. <laughs> you know what pisses me off, Chris? Is <laughs> the fact that a year ago, when Ronda Rousey first came and she was about to be in WrestleMania, everyone was like, next year it will be Charlotte versus Ronda headlining Mania. And now she's getting put in this match because Becky's on fire, naturally, and that's good. She's got the Daniel Bryan, the Stone Cold style thing brewing in her and shit. Conor McGregor, if you fucking will. She's Irish, you know? But Charlotte's fucking Charlotte, and Ronda's fucking Ronda. So it's like, maybe this will be a best of both. Uh, shoehorn Charlotte. I just don't understand how people can be so negative about wrestlers. It's like, are you watching them? It's the same motherfuckers that think that if you have a six-pack, like I love... EC3 for all this charisma, but he's a better wrestler than Kevin Owens because of his physique. But we, we talk about this all the fucking time. It just drives me crazy. I just want to know what those fucking smarks are watching exactly and what they're perceiving as professional wrestling that I'm not. That's, that's, that's it. That's all. I, I mean, when we originally this? talked about this, I, I mean, I thought they're putting – to me, they're putting Charlotte in there as a safety net. One, they don't know that they're going to be able to get – Ronda to 100% heel before WrestleMania, or does she even want to be a heel? So now you have someone that is actually a heel. You also have an out for Ronda to make her not look weak. Like, Charlotte is a fucking safety net for this match. Also, is the best worker in this match hands fucking down. I don't care if you're like her horrible moonsault. She's better in the fucking ring than Becky Lynch. Sorry. I love Becky. I think Becky has a great persona right now. She's on fucking fire. Charlotte's a better fucking worker. So do with that what you will. But <laughs> to me, she's the safety net. One, she is the heel that can be the greasy heel that can cost, you know, Ronda the match and not without making Becky look weak or Ronda look weak. That's her only fucking job in this match. So, like, basically, Charlotte, instead of fighting for the SmackDown title, is dedicating herself to this match to help other people. And the way I see it, or the way she's being booked. Because she could have her Absolutely. own fucking match with Asuka. If she had her own mask with, match with Asuka, that match would be better than the Becky match. So you can't fucking have that match. It, it, what, like, that's what the other thing. Is there, there's people that really believe <laughs> that Charlotte's politicking her way into this match and that there's actual tension between her and Becky. Like, they're not best fucking friends. People are so fucking stupid. And the same motherfuckers that are like, we want new things. We want new things. But then they have something where it's a storyline that's building up that you got to be a part of and, and, and join with this whole Charlotte thing. No, 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 no. We want to know what the hell's happened now. What the fuck do you want then? Do you want to know what's happening now? Exactly. All the details. Or do you want fucking like, I just don't, they can't have their cake and eat it. And if anything, just chuck on the fucking cake. That's all I have to say. I'm sorry. I mean, well, <sighs> Here's here's the thing. None of these people are going to give a shit when she wins the title at WrestleMania, which she's going to win the title at WrestleMania. Yeah, she's like, she's not going to get she's not going to get fucked out of the belt. It's fine, guys. Just enjoy. Just live in the moment. You get to see her overcome these insurmountable odds and win a match at WrestleMania. Like I said, if you do the opposite, if you just have Charlotte versus Oscar, then you run the risk of you got to put Becky on top because they're doing the female match last. You run the risk of Charlotte and Oscar having a better fucking match. In general. That's true. Just Who was the best match wise. arguably last year? You know, it's, it's the three <laughs> best matches was the IC belt with the Miz, uh, Seth, and Finn Balor. That was pretty good. Then Ronda and, and, and Kurt Angle versus the McMahons. 
Best fucking match last year was Oscar and Charlotte. They're two of the best female workers and best wrestlers, period, in the fucking business. Did last year, like, we did, just, was Goldberg was Goldberg fucking Brock last year? No, he didn't fuck Brock. He fucked Brock two years ago. Okay, because because I was gonna say that was that was a good six minute match. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's no, Goldberg, I agree with man. you, and and that's what I mean. You have to worry about that, right? Like they're gonna put yeah. these people, they're gonna put these three awesome women in a main event, and they're gonna have a good match. And Charlotte being there is not going to make the match any, I mean, I would say probably better because you have an actual heel in it. And I, and I don't even like three-way matches. I just think that this is the right situation to do it. Um, and, and it's not like Charlotte's going to get in there and shit the bed and fuck up the match. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. It's fine. I think you run, like, well, like I said, you run way more of a risk if you just have Charlotte versus fucking Oscar again. And then later on the card, you have this match and then, like Charlotte and Becky fuck up like three spots. Oh, I don't know. And, and and Ronda's not even a heel. They're just booing her because she's going against Becky. Everyone is going to get booed against Becky right now. She's like she's, exactly. You know, it, it doesn't fucking matter. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cancel my subscription. Fuck WWE. I'm gonna watch AEW. Just god damn it. Then you go to AEW and they're fucking screaming. Yeah, I thought you guys were for the fans. Those tickets sold out. The sculptors go me. I just, I can't stand them. <laughs> yeah. It's just annoying. Yeah, you're Everyone definitely, I mean, shit. well, they're going to be really fucking pissed the first time, like, Hangman Page beats Kenny Omega then. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> it's All not right. always going to be what we you We got like. a little bit of time. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about these fucking people. They're just uh, awesome. And if you're if you're a listener, I appreciate all of your listening abilities. Try to become a better fan. Um, yeah, let's go over Elimination Chamber. Uh, first match, you know, this should be a fun match. I just don't watch 205 Live. Uh, both of these guys, current champion Buddy Murphy against past uh, Cruiserweight champion Akira Tozawa. Like both these guys, they'll have a good match. We saw two of them in the four-way match that was one of the best matches on the last card. So I'm sure they'll have a banger. It's in the pre-show. And I don't expect – I think Buddy Murphy's going to continue to dominate probably until Mania is what I'm assuming. What do you think, Chris? I agree with you 100%. I think Buddy Murphy's been having really, really good matches. I don't get to watch every 205 Live um, match, but I, I, I did watch uh, – oh, fuck. I, I, I've been watching his matches because he really stands out. And I also watched a, a Tony Nese match last week that was really fucking good. Um, so Nese that's badass. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Buddy Murphy's kind of on fire right now and is doing really well. Akira Tozawa and him should have a really good match. I thought that three-way match was one of the best matches at Rumble. Um, they was just on the pre-show, so I don't know that a lot of people saw it. I remember Kenny, not too long ago, was interacting with him. It seemed like he was trying to scout uh, Buddy Murphy, like saying he would love to have a match with him and tagging him on Twitter and shit. See so who has the best knees, which, come on, Kenny. Who the fuck do you think has the best knees in the damn industry? Clipping a dick to people. Um, <laughs> oh, Buddy Murphy's got a badass knee, but come on. Kenny Omega's, no one looks that devastating at all. There's no one. It's like, it's it's like he's Walter apparently, with his He's apparently killing everyone with it. That's why. Because he's unsafe. <laughs> he's just murdering everyone. Yeah, exactly. He's not doing it a certain way or anything like that. He's just killing people. Oh, right, here's a really people. fucking awesome match. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush versus Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, 
if if it was my magical land of happiness, Finn would somehow beat both of these motherfuckers. But that would make Bobby Lashley look so bad and stupid. I don't even know why the fuck they're doing this. Like, I I, I just don't get it. But I feel like Finn's going to win the IC belt, but it's not going to be until Mania. And, yeah, I would rather this be an IC belt between Finn and fucking Leo Rush, honestly. But what are you going to do? Chris, who do you think's going to win this? I agree with you 100%. I think this makes Finn a little weak because if you were booking Brock in this situation, he'd rip Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush apart. And he just had a banger of a match with fucking Brock Lesnar. So it's a little bit weird booking. To me, it probably leads with, you know, he loses in some fucky way. And then at Mania, you get Leo Rush in some sort of steel contraption above the ring. Oh, God. How about a uh, Judy Bagwell on a pole match? What does he do with Leo? I just assume that they're going to have something where Leo Rush is being banned from ringside or, or at the next pay-per-view, and then at Mania, he's like fucking Jim cornette up into the ceiling with a straight jacket on, duct tape to a shark cage. <laughs> I just assume that's where they're going with this. Fucker. Um, I mean, yeah, the other the other option is you have you have Kevin Owens come out and kill Bobby Lashley at Mania and kill Leo Rush, and then Finn gets the win. Help his best friend out. Also, that makes uh, Finn look weak too. So, yeah, I, I just feel like he's going to lose. It's going to be understandable because there's going to be two of them because that makes absolutely no sense, anyways. And then Finn will get into a normal match and beat him at Mania or something along those lines. You know, I don't have Leo Rush against Rey Mysterio since Leo Rush is a fucking incredible agile wrestler instead of just making him. A manager. I don't know, but at least there's 205 Live, I guess. All right, uh, Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot for the Raw Women's Tag Team Championship. Charlotte let her know she's not going to interfere in the match, but she's going to be front stage and center watching it. Um, I have no idea what that means. Look, this should be actually a fun match. Ruby's a pretty damn good in-ring worker. I'm hoping that they get to really spotlight her a little bit more so than they do, because usually she's like the manager for the other two, it seems like. But Ruby's a damn good worker, so her and Ronda, I hope, have a good match. She's going to fucking lose, though. There's no way they're taking the belt off of Ronda. Uh, unless they want to do really stupid things screwy from now in one pay-per-view between Mania and just devalue the shit of the title, which I would hope they would not do. What do you think, Chris? I agree with you 100%, because you also got to remember Ronda Rousey's undefeated. So, I just, she's not fucking losing here. She, she will right, get attacked match. by Charlotte after the match. But 100% Charlotte will attack her after the match. Prop bet. I like that. Yeah, I believe I, I believe that too, and I, I think that will definitely happen. That, that makes a lot of sense. Here's a match that no one's been asking for. Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin. My lord, the mighty have fallen. One time Braun Strowman was the biggest thing. You know, it's it's weird how people can get themselves over like that and Rusev and all these other guys, but somehow just drizzles out and nothing. And he's going against Baron Corbin, which we've seen this match 6,000 fucking times every day since Sunday on fucking Monday Night Raw. Chris, who gives a shit? I'm not going to even ask you who's going to win. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll have a good match. They could surprise us having a good match. But outside of that, I mean, Braun, I mean I'm assuming Braun is going to destroy Corbin. All right. McMiz. Uh, the Miz and Shane McMahon, of course, going against the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Somehow, I think they're going to fucking win it because what I want to happen is them 
even though I really don't want it, to break up and have a feud. But somehow I feel like they're going to keep the TAM titles on them, even though they should go to the Usos because they buried the fuck out of them. Um, well, they didn't really bury them, but you know what I'm saying. Who do you think is going to win? I I just feel like the Usos have to win here because you need to build up another I tag team so. rematch to have Miz and McMahon break up. They can't break up right after losing the titles, like because you need to build that storyline, right? So why did they lose the titles, and then you have them lose a couple other tag team matches in between or singles matches, and then you know they break up and that builds into Mania. The other option is they hold the belts till Mania. You do some crazy TLC match for the tag title, the Smack, SmackDown tag titles, and then that gets everyone into a TLC match, which they they've done previously and. Maybe you have a cool tag team spot with a tag team we haven't seen before, and you go that route. That, I mean, that's the other option is they hold it the entire time, and you have Shane McMahon jump off some dumb shit, and we forget they're a tag team, and they just say Shane McMahon died or something. <laughs> he, fell off a, he fell into a pit. He fell into a Scarlack pit somehow, the Boba Fett, <laughs> and he'll be in there for a very long time. All right, so he'll be back the new, <laughs> eventually, he'll crawl out. Uh, for the new WWE Women's Tag Team Championship the Elimination Chamber match, we got the Bug and Hot, uh, the Bug in Bug in Hugs connection. Whatever the fuck the damn name, Bambi and Boss, Sasha. Boston Hug, the Boston, the it's greatest tag so team mad. name of all time. Way better I, than I Road Warriors. <laughs> the Boston I, Hug I, connection. The Boston Hug connection versus uh, the Riot Squad versus Absolution. Versus Naomi and Carmella, which I predicted, by the way. I'll keep on saying that. Versus Tamina and Nia. Um, the first people starting will be the, um, the Absolution members against Bailey and Sasha. Sasha is still slightly injured. That's why they kept her out. She should be good for Elimination Chamber, apparently. But I think that that is going to keep them. I think that who's going to win this, I'm going to assume is either going to be Tamina and Nia or uh, somehow Mandy and 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 Sonya, a heel team basically, and then Bailey and Sasha will beat them at WrestleMania and win the titles at Mania. That's why I think mainly because of the injury. I don't see the if if it's if it's something that they're kind of worried about that could that could screw up Sasha for Mania if she really aggravates whatever it is, then I could see her kind of laying low like she has been and then getting eliminated somehow. Chris, what do you think is going to happen? So here's my question. How, the, how do the rules fucking work in this match? Has WWE decided yet, or are they going to make it up on the fly right before the match? I'm sure it's going to be right on the fly. There's two chicks, or two ladies, I should say, to a pod. It, like I said, it's going to start, start off with Bailey and Sasha against um, uh, Absolution, and then every so often a pod will open, two women will come out, and their team will keep on going, I guess. So my worry is, like, if – so say Sasha gets pinned, is just Sasha eliminated, or is Bailey and Sasha eliminated? I, I believe both of them are eliminated by elimination-style uh, tactics. I, I think that if one gets eliminated, they're both done. Okay. Well, depending on that, because it's WWE, and I'm not sure about their fuckery of rules, um, a way they could book this that would make sense is Sasha gets eliminated, Bailey hangs around for the entire time and wins the match – then you have a reason for them to drop the titles because realistically, do you really want Sasha Banks tied up in a tag team with Bailey? 
when Ronda leaves? Because what's uh, your women's roster look like on Raw at that point? Well, they're going to have a shakeup soon, so I don't know. I mean, from from the interview that I heard Sasha do with Edge Christian not too long ago, her and Bailey seem really gung-ho about leading and doing really great women's tag matches. That's what they really want to do. But then again, if she had the I mean, option to get championship, you know, that's going to hinder her opinions. This is just absolutely. This is just this whole thing is baffling to me because they can't even get the guys tag teams right ninety percent of the time, and they're having female tag teams. So I, you know, honestly, I don't care. I would think Bailey and Sasha win, and if they need to, they'll use some kind of fuckery rules to get Sasha out of the match, and they'll just change it on the fly because they'll just. I mean, they'll just do the same shit that they did with that hell or that cage match with Matt Hardy and uh, the Bar. Matt and Jeff versus the bar where no one knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, but, the last... you know, you can, I can Sorry. definitely see like Nia and Tamina winning it here just cause they'll have something to do. My only thing is I do think that like the road to mania for, uh, the road to mania for Becky probably runs through Nia. So I don't see them winning. So I think I mean probably either like you said, uh, Sonya Deville and the you know and Mandy Rose or the Riot Squad. If you're not going to put it on Bailey and Sasha, yeah, that's what I think too. All right, so we got the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match. Champ Daniel Bryan is going against Jeff Hardy, Kofi Kingston, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and Samoa Joe. Basically all guys from the last generation of wrestling, but that's all right. I love them anyways. I just realized, I'm like, all these guys are 40, 43. Like, I love them, but just saying. Um, I I think Daniel Bryan's the youngest. I'm assuming out of all of them. But either way, this should be a damn fun match. I would love Kofi to win this. I really would, especially given everything that happened. I feel like AJ and Randy Orton's going to happen at WrestleMania for some reason. Now, it's going to be Daniel Bryan, but there's no way in fucking hell Jeff Hardy's going to get it. If there were any person to beat Daniel Bryan, they would have to do a lot of reshuffling for Samoa Joe. And if they did Kofi Kingston, then they could just do the same thing. So Kofi makes the most sense, but I'll give Samoa Joe a little bit. Daniel Bryan's most likely going to win this match, is he not? Oh, yeah, I think so. Outside of my dark horse would be Kofi Kingston, just because, like I said, you can take the belt right back off of him and not hurt anything. Other than, I mean, not hurt anything in WWE's perspective of booking, I should say. It hurt my feelings a lot. <laughs> but uh, Joe, I think they really want to go with Mustafa Ali versus Joe, so I just don't see that happening. I don't know. Yeah. Fucking Orton's a match. Orton could win it. Anytime Orton's in the match, there's a potential that Randy Orton's going to become a like 15-time world champion or something. So <laughs> I don't see AJ winning it. I don't see Jeff Hardy winning it. I really don't see Samoa Joe winning it because I think that is going to be one of their big matches is him versus Mustafa Ali um, at Mania. On the pre-show. Probably on the pre-show, but that'll be you know their big match. Daniel Bryan, I do see him ending up against AJ Styles, but it would be really cool to see Co- I mean, Kofi have the title um, and how they get there is however they get there. But I, I don't think that they booked it. Like I said, I think you're right. I think they threw him in there with the Mustafa Ali thing in mind. 
but they've introduced this weird paradox now. Do you think that they noticed WWE audience? And I know it was probably because Xavier and obviously Biggie were there for a good portion of that time. But do you think that WWE, Vince McMahon, all of them, Triple H, everyone, noticed the reaction, the reception that Kofi was getting? Even if that was supposed to be Mustafa Ali, he would not have gotten that amount of reception from people winning those. He would have gotten a huge you know, ovation from the audience, but I think Kofi really resonated. Do you think Vince realized that, or was he totally toned up like normal? I mean, I hope so. I really do hope so, because it's not like that fucking New Day hasn't been over for five years at this point. Four years at this point. You know what I'm saying? They're 400-day tag team champions. Like, Kofi Kingston's a former Intercontinental champion. Like, He's won pretty much every belt at this point except for that title. So for fans to see him win those matches and see the glimpse of him getting this title, it's the same thing as when Bray Wyatt won. Like, he could give us the same moment, you know? Like, I I, I don't think it's far-fetched that he could win here. I don't know that they'll do that, but it makes sense if you want to save AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan because then the next thing you have to do to me is you're not – I mean – what are you going to do? Because Jeff Hardy's not going – it's not going to be Daniel Bryan versus Jeff Hardy at the next pay-per-view. I doubt they're going to go the Randy Orton route just because he's not going to be at every TV taping from then on out. So then that just thrust you back into AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. So, I don't know. Kingston makes the most sense. I just – you know, if you put Joe and Bryan, I, I feel like they're saving that for down the road. But I could be wrong. Who the hell knows? I just – it would be cool to see Kofi win. That's probably just the, the fan in me. And turns out sometimes wrestling think, is about feelings. <laughs> you would like to actually see Lynn. <laughs> what the fuck are feelings? <sighs> well, you know what I'm feeling? I'm feeling like we got through another amazing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, we talked and broke down a lot of information and news, guys. Watch Elimination Chamber. Get excited about AEW. Watch New Japan and what's going on with them. Pretty crazy stuff. I have some wrestling information uh, for this weekend. If there's any Georgia residents uh, over in North Georgia near Cornelia, I should say specifically, um, I am going to be trying out as their ring announcer for Old School Wrestling Alliance. That's OSWA. Uh, badass promotion, like I said, in Cornelia. Their address is 205 Commerce Parkway, Cornelia, Georgia, 30531. And their event, I believe, starts at 7 o'clock p.m. this Saturday. Your man, Dane, will be announcing and being the uh, color commentator. I'm the good guy, which I'm not too happy about because I'd rather be the heel. But they already have a heel, so, hey, completely understand. I'll do what I have to do. But I'm trying it out for the first time have a little information about the guys. Uh, basically, the owner, Bobby, just wants me to kind of wing it. So I'm going to go over and wing it. It's over the loudspeaker, so you're going to hear me during the matches. Should be interesting. So if you've got nothing to do on your Saturday night, you're near Cornelia, drop by and enjoy the show. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to us. Like I said, gvnation.com is our website. That's GV as in Geek Vibes, gvnation.com. All of our news, all of our articles for our amazing writers like Tia, as well as a link for all of our shows, uh, for iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk, everything is there. You can watch all of our amazing shows like Full Court Press with Nick 
and my brother and Juwan and Joel, we do Geek Vibes Live on Sundays uh, where we talk about the movies with me, Juwan, Joel, Nick, and Kanan, and a slew of other people. Obviously, me and Chris are here every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. EST, uh, Top 10 with Tia. I think it's on Saturday nights. We have a lot of shows. Check out the network. Check out our social media platforms, Geek Vibes Nation, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this show, and thank you so much, Chris, for always joining me. Uh, have a wonderful night, dude, and say goodbye to the wonderful audience. Bye, everyone. You guys have a great week. You can reach me at, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter, and uh, go out and see Dane if you have the chance. It's going to be awesome. I can't this weekend. I have previous engagement, unfortunately, but I'll definitely be at your next one, man. So kick ass, as I know you will. Hoping this gets me a foot in the door. For uh, possibly managing, that's my uh, that's my big goal. That's what I would love to do. That's, that's uh, the one thing. I want to be a Paul Heyman. I want to be a Bobby Heenan. I want to be a Freddie Blassie. I just want to piss off people. That would be a lot of fun. But either way, definitely check that out if you guys can. Regardless, come back, listen to us next Wednesday at 7 p.m. You guys have a great night. Let the geek vibes be with you. And, of course, peace out. Listen up, Slap Nuts. This is the King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett, and you're listening to the Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Na 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 New World Order.